0: Puts up with this. That's what I don't understand.
1: Bring the lion out. Bring the, bring the
0: lion. Um, Tonight on our show, we're gonna have. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun, is because. We'll see you at five. Good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer this week before Christmas. Bill London is not with us tonight. No, that guy, he works so dang hard, so he decided to take the week off. And then we're off next week, Kim, me, and Bill's. I think he's just trying to milk it for everything it's worth. He is doing a special report for us that will be airing later this week. Um, on the DEQ situation and uh, the governor's uh, cap and trade, which is basically cap and trade, uh, that she's kind of weaseling through. And Bill, he did a a 10-minute version for you, a 12, actually. And then he did a 20-minute version that I'm going to put online, and I will link that so you guys can find it. Because you know how Bill is. He gets into the weeds. But you know what? Sometimes in our culture, we don't spend enough time in the weeds to figure out what the hell is going on. And so we just get little tidbits it's kind of like get you know getting McDonald's fast meal and you're not, you know, is it really satisfying or is it just filling you up until the next meal? So Bill likes to really give you the full meal deal. And so we'll be having that coming up. I've um, got a whole bunch of stuff going on this week. Tonight, we want to thank our sponsors, Veterans Legacy. They're going to be on tonight. Uh, we're going to talk to them about the program, what they're doing, and I think we're going to get someone who's actually going through the program. So that'll be kind of fun. Uh, Lonnie Woodruff is here. He's your dream maker, the guy who says, Come on. You're sick of your life. I got businesses out there that are for sale. You could do something really cool. He has a a guy that was in corporate, the corporate world, and he bought a bike shop. He didn't know anything about bikes. And now he's having the time of his life. Yes, he's working hard. But you know what? When you work for yourself, you do. But it's yours. You don't have anybody on top of you telling you. You know you can't do this and you can't do that it's all up to you and you can have your creativity so lonnie's going to be here to talk to us a little bit about that um help us with the new years you know it's don't do a new year's resolution you never keep it just change god everybody talks i'm going to do this just no just don't talk about it just do it that's how you make change but our first story is kind of an update Um, you guys might remember brian acre there he is hey brian how you doing buddy Hi. hi I, I can't ever resist having you on here because um, Trisha's wife called and said some new things going on, sent me an email with the case. And I just want you to have your voice. And I want this to, I want people to be involved in this. So explain to people what's, where we're at. And I'm going to just let you, cause you're better with this whole story. So g- just jump right in there, Brian.
2: Well, what we're going on right now We're having some problems with exposure to what Kate Brown's clemency issues are here with murderers. Um, There's 210 felons that she's trying to release on clemency. 70 of them are some of the worst killers, juvenile killers in Oregon history. And um, one of them is a um, guy that killed my fiance 30 years ago, and he's got... 22 years left on his sentence and where you have the parole board and the appeals um, board are trying to let this kid out sooner, a lot sooner.
0: He didn't only kill her, but he used a pocket knife to try to cut off her head. He used his
2: boy scout knife.
0: Yeah. And he came to the door of the wrong home. And she just happened to be there. Correct. And he was going to kill the other person who was gone. Yeah. And then you were on the phone talking to her when he came back and everything went dead.
2: Yeah. Three consecutive times he came back to the house looking for the young girl that lived there that was 15. He wanted to his big deal is he wanted to have sex with a woman and he was been unsuccessful at numerous attempts. So now he's going to use force to get what he wanted. And um, that's what he did. He didn't get to rape Lisa, but um, he took her life, which I would have given up the rape for the life in a, in a heartbeat.
0: So what's the lay, so they're let there, he's scheduled to be let out. um, And your fear, is that right?
2: Well, no, the parole board, we got 22 years left on the sentence is what we have. And Kate Brown doesn't want to have the appeals board, um, which she appointed (laughs) never used to happen that way. It used to be, the appeals and the parole and all those people were decided by you and me. Well, Kate Brown likes to change the rules all the time on stuff. So make them up for, to benefit her and what she, her agenda is and stuff like that. I found a lot of stuff about what goes on. I'm talking to the DAs on this whole thing. The last um, couple months, it's just been a nightmare. Um, people are so not informed and, I wish the the media would grab this stuff, but they're not going to. Um,
0: And and part of the it's so
2: frustrating, Rick.
0: Well, part of the problem too is that um, she did the governor and her staff. They didn't notify any of the family or victims or the district attorneys. Um, She was meeting with them on Zoom, um, interviewing them and talking to some of these people. And these people, the the people who put them away or were victimized
2: by these people
0: were never notified.
2: No, that's part C. And that's where she broke the law. She's supposed to, um, and she's being, <laughs> people are, are, there's some people going after her about it. I can't talk about some of the stuff, maybe in a couple weeks. Okay. I'll have some, if, if we can get some DAs to back us on this, they want to, they're on the edge. And if the, there are DAs in the state of, um oregon that have a big problem with this and if they will help us out with this and i i just wish i could say a few things more they asked me not to but if we can get them to help us then um we got a huge leg to stand on on measure 11. so how um how can people help you um it's just ex- I know it's it's tough. It's exposure um, media wise um, writing it, it just
0: talking about it is like is is Perhaps letting people tomorrow. know that this is happening.
2: What's that? I'm sorry. I, so
0: just doing this is letting people know that this yeah. is happening that because yeah. I think a lot of people, you know the the problem is even people like me, I don't get my media from the traditional media anymore and I don't read the paper. And and half the time, well, we have a story that we're covering um, with Bill London and right. um, the media didn't even cover it. I mean, it wasn't no. even a guard. No. And so you have no media of record. And so there's no way for people to get this kind of stuff except like this. And, right.
2: um, so- and I appreciate yeah. you 110 percent in what you do. Um, you know, um, something I want to well, I- let everybody know is something kate brown is is her clemency thing and this whole thing she's doing um her big beef about this is juveniles not being their minds not being developed between the age 16 to 25 and she's saying that the um boys is what she's referring to that their their mind is not developed in that time so some of these kids were 16, 17, 18 years old. She's saying, "Well, their mind isn't developed all the way. So, how could they make the right decision?" Okay, they're they're not talking about kids that were that are you and I. These are kids that are these are people that are broken that have have an issue. When you're committing these type of murders, these type of crimes, these, we're not we're not in the the normal frame of mind here. So. For her to use that as an example, that there was a case study by the U.S. government that said that fully development for, you know, a male in, in his mind isn't until he's 25 and that maybe they weren't in the right mindset. Well, of course they weren't. They committed, this kid committed premeditated murder, which is the worst thing any of us humans can, can be convicted of in a crime. It's the most heinous thing you can possibly do. So what does that do for you when
0: she does something like that? And when this is the way people are looking at this, like, well, he was just a kid. He didn't know any better. Well, yeah, you know, I, did yeah. when I was between 16 and 25, I knew that I shouldn't go uh, trying to rape a woman and cut her head off with my pocket knife. I'm pretty sure I knew that. What does that do to the memory of your dear fiance? The
2: memory. You know the the memory of Lisa is so so sacred to her family, me, and stuff like that. What I, Rick, what I, what bugs me the most is about all of this. Is the first judge sentenced this kid to 116 years? The next judge went to um, 92 years, 86 years. It's went down a little bit all the way. now. I'm going to be going back. I just found out the, last week for the seventh time, the family and I have going to the seventh time to, to um, sentencing trial.
0: So, it so it never, now we're doing
2: a sentencing so, trial.
0: So <laughs> this guy continues to victimize the family over and over and over. And the system continues to victimize you when they're supposed to be there to 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 provide justice for stuff like yeah. this it's uh, i mean uh, there's so I won't say it that way there's a there's a way I could say this but I would not do that well this um, but they but they are they are killing her over and over and over and over and over again
2: you know there's 70 killers out of the 210 felons and she's already let out 13 they're already out and uh, there's she's trying to flood the court system right now with these 210, which is in the history of Oregon. The history is, as long as the state's been alive, if you wanna call it, um, th- we've never had this happen before. I don't know what she's trying to, to do, what her motive could be, but to uh, take, book before she's out of there in November, 210 felons, and she's trying to grant clemency to them, um, you, well, you know, it's, it's,
0: and, and, and then you have to tell the little, the little caveat too, is there's one killer who's yep. not on that list and right. the rules were worked and maneuvered and managed around so that this one person named Kip Kinkle, yep. the Thurston high school killer, um, does not qualify, but he's the only one. And because I think the governor knew that if you let that guy out, you are going to have, a You're going to have people on your ass like you have never seen anything. But that is even more insulting, too. Oh, very much so. That case was worth more because it was a high school of students than it was your case.
2: You know, well, Rick, and this is the God honest truth, because I I talked to the DAs about this. If Brian Aker was someone famous. Basketball player, football player, movie star, something like that. There's no way in hell this kid would get out. Right. That's what yeah. really pisses you off. Right.
0: So it's not the value of a human person, a human right. life. It's the exactly. value of how you measure up in culture to the vision of society and what they see you as. That is so right. disgusting.
2: Yeah. Now, if I had millions and millions and millions of dollars, I'd be all over. I'd have lawyers flying all over the place doing stuff. But, you know, trying to put the brakes on her. I wouldn't care what. Oh, the D.A. said I'd just be blowing up the media like there's no tomorrow.
0: So, Brian, would you do me a favor? And I will put if you can get a district attorney or a couple to come on. um, Let's do it in January when the new year starts and just keep the pressure on so that more people hear about this. And then what you guys all in this audience can do is be talking about this to people. Did you hear that Brian acres on that on Rick's show last night talking about that and then write the governor and write the parole board? Um, and yeah. let them know that you don't this,
2: You don't agree and it's
0: really easy to get those numbers. In fact, can you and Tricia go in and put that in the comment section? Just put how people, who they contact?
2: Yeah, I, I think she did send it to you too, to Perry, um, Perry and the governor. Uh, Perry, is it um, Weddell?
0: I can go find it, but if you put it in the comment section, the trick is, if you put it in the comment section, it goes to every person who's on here. It'll show up in their mail. Yeah, Yeah, on on their their page and they'll see it. Okay.
2: Okay. Also, get a load of this. I want to find this out too. One of the guys that was in, there was a lifer that was in there, slipped through the cracks. And um, I mean, sentenced to life, not supposed to be in this whole thing. He changed his name. And the parole board is so pathetic that they didn't even catch it, that he changed his name. And he squeezed through and he got on the list to be let out. What? Yeah. How does that happen? That, that's what I'd like to know. How, how, If it, it's just, it, it's, it's so pathetic. I mean, come on, guys. You know, these are, these are killers. Rick, if you knew some of the stuff that I know about how some of these people were killed, I mean, you would just be like, it, it just gives you chills. It just changes you as a, as a person when you look at people. It's so bad. It's so bad what some of these people have done.
0: Well, I mean. Sorry train's going by. Um, so, Brian, thank you for coming on. And, sure. and we will get. And please do get back to me because I'll be. I will.
2: I will. Even I after
0: s- I move, we're still doing this stuff. So you get a hold of me because we will just continue to harangue this thing.
2: Yeah. That's no, I appreciate that. Winky
0: wheel gets the grease and we're going to grease this one.
2: Yeah. All right, yeah. buddy.
0: Thank you for your time.
2: Always. Always.
0: You know what I love about that guy? So this is like 30 years ago. The woman he was in love with and his wife his wife now helps him with this. I mean, they are, she knows how important this is to him to just set the record straight. And this guy is not like a detective, you know, but he's becoming one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. So what does that say? It's what we always talk about. Love is an action word. You cannot love someone and not take action. That's bullshit. If you think you can Community is an action word. If you want to be a part of it, you can come on here and go, oh, that poor guy, Brian, oh, yeah, and then go off and do whatever you're going to do. That isn't community. Community is getting involved. If you feel bad, I'm glad. But if you don't do anything, what the hell does that do? Nothing. So you have to take action on everything we have on here tonight. We are giving you opportunity to be part of something bigger than yourself, part of life. So you can help a woman who no longer has a voice because some fucker killed her. You want to do that? You want to have? Want to do something good with your life? There's something you can do. Just write a letter, and say that's not right. That's not right. Man, crazy stuff. But you know what? Honestly, we can change this. <laughs> I am so. I am so sure. I know we can change it. We can turn this stuff around. Um, it takes people. It takes using your voice. It takes courage. Um, I'm not. Oh, it's my show. I can do what I want. Joe Manchin. What a guy. That guy's got courage. Balls of steel. Now his whole party's trying to hang him, but he stood up for what he believed in and for the voters of West Virginia. You know, I don't know. You don't have to agree with him. I don't have to agree with him, but he He stood alone. That's the very definition of courage. Courage is not being, when you're courageous, you are afraid, but it's doing it anyway. You know, That's what courage is. And we're seeing a great example in that man. I know very little about him, but what I've seen, you know, here and there, but I was sitting there watching today, going, man, that takes the biggest balls. You are such a tough dude. And, um, I love that other people are mad. Um, good. He's speaking up and doing what he thinks is right. So now I've got something else for you to stand up and speak up for. We have a homeless situation in Eugene, Oregon. Um, and, uh, well, all over Oregon, but in Eugene, it's especially bad. And a good percentage of those people out there on the streets are our veterans. They're people who went to war um, or served their country to keep us from going to war. And something happened. And now they're on the streets and they have nothing. And they're living out there on the streets and we owe them. And so um, a group of folks called Veterans Legacy. This is John LeBeau. And Lori Perkins is not with veteran's legacy, but she might as well be because they're kind of like all married now. And, <laughs> right, Lori? Yeah. yeah. It's like, and Lori has an amazing, tell them your name of your program as well. Lori
3: Perkins with Housing Our Veterans.
0: And you were on last time and I was like flabbergasted the whole time. And guess what? I think Gray and them are here too. Hold on. Oh, nice. Oh, okay, you guys, are you ready? Oh, yes. this is so awesome.
3: Yeah, there's oh, Lori. Gray. <laughs>
0: so great it it's so nice to meet you
4: hi uh thank you very much for putting on the zoom duo here this is awesome i'm glad to be a part of it
0: well we are so glad to have you so what where, where did you serve can you tell me just a little bit about sure you?
4: Uh, fort dix new jersey uh san antonio texas Fort sam houston texas fort riley kansas and south korea four tours wow
0: so, wow thank you so much for your service gray
4: no problem. It was my pleasure. Thanks to pay taxes, so I had training and equipment.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, you're the first veteran who's ever thanked me for my tax dollars. I I appreciate that. I tell I tell everybody who uh who says
4: thank you for my service, I tell them thanks to pay the taxes. Seriously, I do. And that's another
0: thing. They laugh. Does somebody have a phone on? Uh that's
1: left yeah. It's up. A- a hazmat uh warning
4: yeah i got it
1: too oh well wow uh, i
4: don't look very good on live tv
0: no, wow i have it online too but my phone was off that was weird i was going what's going on so
3: my phone's off too
0: so you guys real fast let me just kind of so what veterans legacy does with all these programs together so veterans legacy great did you go out and were you out living there and working there
4: uh actually yeah absolutely uh what They rescued me. This is a a long story that I encapsulated under seven minutes, if anybody wants to know. (laughs) Well,
0: you know what, Gray? You don't have to read it because you know it because you've lived it. So let me ask you this. Uh What went wrong Uh, to to get you there?
4: After my mom died and I flew out of Pittsburgh on August 19th, I came to Florence, Oregon with friends. And they got me on the ground. And uh, I had a job at Goodwill. And I was just like my second paycheck in. And uh, my friend and her husband asked me to leave their property, which is fine. And I became homeless. And I had my paycheck. And I lived in a hotel until that money ran out. And um, I found out about Steve Tynan at uh, St. Paul. I got notes on everybody. Saint, what is it? Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent, Vincent de Paul, and he became my case manager, Stu, and he saved me from being homeless, and he got me integrated in with uh, Veterans Legacy. As you know, there's there's Dan, and there's John, and Bob, and Shelly, and Jason, and everybody down there, the whole team, the, the
0: family. I call them family <laughs> because they don't you love them, Greg? I do love I, them.
1: Oh my they God, are, they are, are my
0: family. They are the nicest people on the whole entire planet. So, John, tell me where Gray is in the program and kind of fill people in on what you guys do at Veterans Legacy real quick and then how Gray is fitting into that program, okay? Well, okay. he is- uh, well, No, wait, Gray, I'm sorry. John's
1: gonna answer that one for me. Hold on, I got more for you.
0: Don't you go anywhere, you just stay yeah. right there. Well,
1: this, this is the uh, absolute example of how the uh, sequencing should work. Uh, Gray came to our attention uh, via St. Vinny's and, and was uh, went through the intake process there with our outreach uh, person, uh, Jason Dougherty. And uh, 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 we were able to uh, get him out to the camp and get him um, housed and kind of settled down uh, to get uh, as we look forward to trying to get him reintegrated. Uh, Gray was a real blessing because he really didn't have uh, a lot of other issues, for instance, substance abuse or other major issues. We just needed to help him get sequenced back into the uh, 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 functioning citizenry, yeah. I guess I'd say it that way. So yeah. he did a great job in working with us uh, doing the things that needed to happen at that point in time certainly contributed uh lots to helping around the camp we had a wonderful thanksgiving together i'll throw that in um, uh, board members and and our veterans had thanksgiving dinner out, out at the camp gorgeous day and we had a great time and then as the program was supposed to work Uh, it has worked perfectly with Gray in the sense that uh, Lori was in uh, Housing Our Veterans, Mm -hmm. was in on the intake process, and so this uh, Gray was a known entity from the start to finish, and so when uh, things were settling down for him and he needed to get employment, we were able to uh, funnel him to Lori, and thank goodness she had a room open, which is a rarity, but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, she was able to put her... Put him in her program. And so that's where we are right now.
0: So, Laura, you and your late husband started this program. Um, and you, I mean, it's like, you're like a little angel. <laughs> I mean, you, uh, how many people, do you know how many people have gone through your program? How many, home- how many veterans?
3: Oh, um, veterans and non-veterans, probably 800 to 1,000. And how many years? And I've been doing this 15 years. What keeps you going? It's just so fulfilling. Um, I would hope that if I was ever in that situation, someone would reach out to help me or there would would be a program there uh, to help. And, you know, Rick, it's just so fulfilling and rewarding to see um, success stories, um, you know, like you said, the homeless rate's horrible, and if we as a community don't step in and try to make a difference, it's just not going to happen. Um, and
0: so, so for the audience, the way this works then, Gray is found, he is linked up with John and Veterans Legacy. He stays out there at the work camp for as much time as they need, uh, whatever that is, where they're learning. They get solitude. They're away from the things they don't need to be around. Um, They can raise food and animals in the future. That's going to be what's going to go on. But getting the help that they need, um, both emotional, psychological and physical and spiritual help. And then they go to Lori, where she kind of you're like the. You're almost like the dross remover. You know what I mean? You're, they're ready to go. You're getting them all ready for, for, for life after the, the camp and, um, and you get them ready about a year. Does it take usually about a year?
3: Yeah, I would. Um, that's my goal is to have them there for about a year or so they can focus on them and get the help they need, whatever their story is, uh, whatever help they need. So that way, when they get out on their own, they have all those tools to use. And it's just not a revolving door where they're just either going to prison, going to jail or going back to drugs where they can stand on their own and and, and have that um, confidence of being able to continue forward.
0: Um, how. How. How how often do they stay? Like, is it usually a year? Is that what they usually do? Stay there? Yeah. Okay. So, Gray, I got a question. A couple questions for you.
4: Me? Yes, yeah.
0: Okay. You ready? All right. Okay. So, what does it feel like for you to be cared for? To be cared I about? Feel,
4: I feel overwhelmed, and quite frankly, um, I just want to tell everybody who's watching this Zoom that uh, it was a great relief to myself to find out that strangers in the grand state of Oregon uh, had the resources and the love to help people like me. I, I'm, a, I'm a lost veteran. I was homeless. They gave me a chance to help myself and make friends and a new family. I don't have a family here. This is my family, right? All of us. How and,
0: important, Gray, how important is it to be connected to other people? Well, definitely,
4: a human being needs other human contact, right? That's yeah. how we thrive. We thrive in groups and, and, and with people, and you need to feel loved. You need to feel part of a community. Well, we are a community, all of us veterans, I and know. you're helping too. So, uh, I have put together the puzzle, the puzzle of all the different. NGOs and
0: volunteers that have helped me thus far. It's just amazing. So what would you like? It's great, great. What would you like people in the community to know when they see people like you used to be on the street and things go through our minds when we're out there and we, we don't know how many of those people actually served our country or I guess even if they didn't serve our country, they still have great value because they are what we call a human being. What is our misperception about people like yourself on the street?
4: Well, I was fortunate because I was only homeless basically like three days before uh, I got involved with Steve Tynan and um, Edith and Melvin, you know, up there at uh, St. Paul the Vincent. Now, other people might not be that fortunate, and uh, there's different people with different problems. You know, I was a. It's like just homeless because of a bad outcome in life, the bad draw right. the straw. Other people have you know mental illnesses, drug addictions, injuries. There's a lot of reasons why they're out there. I saw the homeless camp; it broke my heart. It literally broke my heart. I never saw it except on TV.
0: So, Gray, TV. Um, what is your best? What is the thing that we don't know about you that is your best attribute? something that you, I want you to brag a little. What are you, what is the things that I don't see about you that what, that you could say, this is, I mean, you're obviously a very kind man. I got that already. And you're Thank well-spoken. You. And when I say those things, okay, great, look up at me, would you? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 just because I, I, what does that feel like to be told good things about yourself? You'd like your your eyes go down when I say something I know
4: know myself very well and where I've been and what I've achieved in this life, and I've always been in a leadership role until that situation happened. So I'm a great leader, I'm a great teacher, I have love and and empathy for other people. Sure, I, I am a Christian, I believe in our country without a doubt. So I don't like bragging about myself i think that i'm just like the rest of us
0: that's how i feel great i want to thank you for coming on this show and talking to us because i very welcome I, I think you're you're well. you you just like a really cool dude um
4: well you can meet me anytime i'm down here in uh, eugene oregon i don't know where you are
0: I'm right in, I'm right right now in Eugene, Oregon, probably not that far from you. So um, maybe sometime we'll have to do more of this, okay?
4: Look me up anytime you want uh, and and visit, go down to Camp Bama, come over to the HOV. Um, There's a lot of other great people out there. Uh, Stephen, uh, Michael McCoy at HVRP, Um, he's helping the veterans.
0: Work source of Lane County.
4: Hey Gray, you know
0: you, hey, Gray, if there's anything else you want to say, that gentleman that's next to you in there, he can show you how to put it in the comment section. You can go in there and thank other people involved and you can put it right in that comment section so people see it publicly. OK.
4: Oh, we sure will. When we're completed. Okay. Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right. Thank you, my friend. So um, I didn't really need you guys tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment. Yeah. yeah. No. Isn't that, <laughs> doesn't that feel good for the two of you to see? You know what I mean? I mean, that's rubber on the road. You know, that's where it happens. Yeah.
3: I want to cry right now. It just brings, he's such a joy. And just, you know, that's what keeps you going. That's, you know, there's no amount of money that a person could ever give you. That right there is what gets me up every single morning.
0: You know what, Lori? You know what I bet? This is kind of weird. Are you okay with this? You probably will be, you'll be fine. I was, I was seeing something on, um, my wife was watching that wonderful life thing, you know, and it was like, every time a little bell rings, um, an angel gets its wings. And I think there's a a whole lot of wings on your back. And I think that when, you know, when you're done, you're going to have all the lives that you and John, you too, that you've touched. And, but, you know, been at this thing. Um, Yeah. I'm honored. Um, Here we are right around the Christmas and what you guys are doing is what Christmas is supposed to be about. It's about peace and helping people and feeding the poor and taking care of the people who are, who are blind and taking care of the folks like gray who are just mixed up and and need, need to get some focus and you guys and all your staffs and Shelly and Dan and everybody involved in this program, you're all doing that stuff. And I think you are the picture of Christmas for me this year.
1: Thank you. well, thank you. You know, uh, Rick, I think the other thing that Gray brings out here, if, if I can step in for just a second, yeah, yeah. I, I see a lot of um, letters to the editor at the RG and, and regarding uh, homeless and especially homeless veterans at certain times. But I think people, and, and Lori certainly has uh, massive more experience than I do, uh, don't recognize the fact that uh, veterans uh, are not a homogeneous group. They are diverse beyond words, and so answers to their, pro- their needs are not a rubber stamp slash cookie cutter. Every one of them has to be looked at and assessed separately and a plan of attack that fits that person. So I think a lot of folks uh, think that, oh, if we do this one thing, it's going to fix the problem, right. and uh, it's not. We, we have to be able to be versatile. We have to be uh, diverse in how we approach these things because uh, that's part of the problem, I think, with other treatment regimens is that they approach it with a cookie cutter mentality and it's just not going to work. And right. especially with the age group di- uh, differences that we deal with, that's an automatic. But some of these things are not going to work in different age groups. So Gray is an excellent example uh, of, you know, uh, an older veteran that ran into problems. And uh, thank goodness uh, our our system worked. And I have to say the same thing to you. This is the best Christmas present I've ever had uh, this year because, Lori,
0: uh, yeah. You. Oh, you And you guys teaming up the way you have. I think this is powerful because and, and what it also shows is what we were talking about with Brian earlier in, in groups. In, in in together, we are much more strong than we are as separate entities. And there's so many groups working on homeless stuff. And I think sometimes that's where the problem gets. It's just all this mishmash. And you guys are you're very focused. Veterans Central. Here's what we're doing. We can't do everything, but we're doing this. So we're going to get them off the street and to the place, and then Lori's going to get him situated and out into the real world. And that is the perfect balance and, and that we can learn from that, I think, so much. I love this. And I'm so glad you guys are part of my show because it really makes uh, – that was so fun. I love, that's my favorite kind of interview to do is somebody like gray, where, you don't, know where you don't know where it's going to go. You, don't care. you just go, you take me where you want to take me, buddy. I'm just, I'm just here for the ride, you know? All right. You guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And you guys, if, if you want to get a hold of them, um, you know, veterans legacy, you can either one of the organizations, we'll get them to put the information in here so that you can talk with them. And, and they're always looking for help. If you have a, uh, um, a service group um talk to john and them about going out and doing a project going out to the alma work camp and finding out more to do you know i mean this is just another way to get involved in what we're doing in our community so are you tired of your life <laughs> you're ready to do something different well i have the dream maker <laughs> lonnie woodruff here with Trans world oh he's here because what Lonnie does is buys and sells well he helps you buy businesses so he has people come to him and say you know hey i'd like to sell my business and uh, or Lonnie goes out and finds businesses and, hey, you want to sell your business? <laughs> and then he puts a match to them. And last time we did a show, Dave, one of my friends, um, he was just at a place in his life. He goes, Rick, I contacted Lonnie. I'm going to go meet with him and talk to him. And he had a really good time chatting with you. So Lonnie, tell people what it is that you do to make these dreams come true.
5: Well, I help people buy and sell businesses. And that's on both ends. If you worked on a business for the last 20, 30 years, 10 years, whatever, and want to know how to get out of it, exit out of it, you know, and get a price, good price for it. That's I help list it and sell it. I go find if somebody wants to buy it. And um, I'm really, I have a specialty with first time uh, buyers. Like I really help navigate that process because it's uh there's a lot to it. And um,
0: I help out with every bit of the way. Do you find that people like that own businesses don't really know what the value is or think, OK, I'm just going to especially like, you know, small businesses, it's like ah, I'm just going to get I have a bike shop. I'm just going to get out of it when, when there really is some intrinsic value there and you can match up people. If people just contacted you and say, Monty, how do I go about doing that? You you might already talk to somebody who in a, in a coffee meeting said, you know, I might want to have a bike shop or, you know, I might want to do this. And you can get that. That's kind of the magic that you bring to the conversation, really.
5: Yeah, absolutely. We have, uh, I'm part of a larger organization. So we have database resources for what businesses kind of sell for each industry has kind of rules of thumbs for multiples that may not make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people, but
0: um, yeah, we help out with the valuation process for both sides. And Are are you seeing more people because of the pandemic and just people to the point where they're just ready to go You get it, you know, they're they're seeing even I I'm not to get controversial but even people with mask mandates going I don't want to work for somebody that I that they can tell me what to do I want to go start something on my own are you seeing a lot more people coming and saying oh what, what's out there Lonnie
5: yeah absolutely well there's a few things going on uh mask mandates inflation you know control over your own income uh, control over your own life you know the corporate world's you know hasn't gotten easier in the last ten years I. I was a part of it for a long time and, uh, you know, I've helped a couple people get get out of that arena and they're really happy right now. It's, uh, you know, owning a business is hard work, but it's it's kind of different hard work. You know, when you're on your way to your job, your corporate job and you got your stomach turning in knots because you don't want to go to work. You know, that's uh, that's a different kind of stress than uh, running a business. You know the you might put in the hours, but you'll make the income
0: and you're your own boss. You know, I think, you know, Lonnie, just like just my own story, like, you know, you know, all the years you think, OK, well, the paychecks coming in. Well, you were talking earlier. Lonnie and I were having a conversation before this started. It's like, yeah, well, inflation goes up, what, six percent. And my my raise was one. Um, this is not this is not measuring out. And I have. And the difference between owning your own business is I can char- I can make up that difference. I can control my destiny to a much greater extent than I can working for the Chambers family or whatever it is there. It's once a year I can go get this raise or whatever I negotiate, but with my business, yeah, I work my ass off, but it's mine. And I can do, I, 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 I wish people, I wish I would have done this like 20 years earlier and got (laughs) off the news and not that I would have been a richer man or anything, but I think I would have been a um, more fulfilled
5: man. You know, you could have been richer, too.
0: I, I, I You I can have know. both. You can have happiness and wealth. Your I make more story. money now than I did when I was on KZI and I was mm-hmm. I was paid well. But I mean, I, I work my butt off and I have I, I've created a business, you know, and I'm taking that with me when I go. And I think that's what people don't understand the magic of that, how, how that feels. You know what I mean? And you see it all the time because you're helping people do this, which is I think would be super fun.
5: I love what I do. I help people on both ends. It's so much fun um, and I get to help people help people. So if you buy a business and you can employ a bunch of people, you can take them from other jobs that they don't like either and create a work culture. You know, let's say the hypothetical situation. Let's say you're a mid-level manager for a corporation. You got a little bit of resources and you know, you think you can do it better. Like you don't like going to work and you want to buy a business. Like there's a lot of skill sets that directly relate and you can go and buy a good business and make a bunch of people happy by creating
0: good jobs. Do you think that people don't understand the skill sets that they have because how corporations kind of undervalue you usually? And, you know, I mean, I remember walking out of KZI and going, "Now you know, I ran for public office, but what else can I do? And all of a sudden realizing public relations, marketing, all these things that I naturally did in news that were never pointed out, storytelling, and all of a sudden I could create that into a business that, you know, I never dream, I, I, I just thought I'm a news guy, you know, this is what I do.
5: <laughs> yeah, there's a
0: lot of skill
5: sets that overlap, and there's some that, um, like, I have lots of conversations with people that, you know, want to eventually buy a business, and they're working on certain skills, you know, hiring, firing, HR functions, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, if you don't have any experience in that, while you're an employee, you can gain those, that skill set, then It'll make you really good as
0: a business owner. So, Lonnie, can you put your email in there? What happened at the top? I had them in there and then it screwed up. And when I came back on, it took all of our emails out there. Um, But just put it in the comment section so people can get a hold of you. And you guys set up a meeting with Lonnie um, and just sit down and have coffee. I mean, even if you don't end up doing that, it's fun. I have coffee with him. He's fun to talk with. We had, you know, we, we, we had we had a good time. Um, I'll, I'll someday sell my business through you, but I got to make it a little bit bigger first. I'm, I'm working on that. That's what we're going to Montana. For. We're going to, go to oh, you know, my little secretary. I have this this male secretary. His name is Matt Kindle. He's a mutual friend of ours. Look yes. at that. He does this for me all the time. He oh, is- there we go. Thanks, yeah. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and Lonnie, not to burst your bubble or anything, but he does it for anyone. Like, he watches my show, and all of a sudden, I see a website come up, and I'm like, oh, and I feel like I'm, you know. I, I, and then he keeps calling me and asking me to pay him. You think I need to get rid of him or something? <laughs> <No>. I'm kidding.
5: <laughs>
0: no, no, no. <laughs> Hang on to him, yeah.
5: He's so just a advocate of the business community like I am, like you are. Uh, it's, uh, we're all in this together just to help people. And uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, I encourage people to follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm going to be after the first of the year. I'm going to be producing a whole bunch of material about first-time buyer info. Just little little nuggets of information.
0: So, Lonnie, somebody's on here. We're gonna you're going to be part of a little news story here. So that little warning that went off. Somebody said in case you hadn't noticed, downtown Springville hazmat crew, Eugene Fire Department. We have crews in the area handling a hazmat incident. Citizens should avoid Main Street between Pioneer Parkway and Fifth Street in Springfield. If possible, residents and employees already in the area should shelter and place until further notice. So that is um, downtown hazmat incident. Citizens should avoid Main between Pioneer Parkway and Fifth Street. If possible, residents and employees already in the area should shelter and take cover okay so that's what we need to know all right well how'd you like that is that kind of fun to be like part of breaking news breaking news I was just thinking that (laughs) people helping people is what community is all about I know this whole show has been that kind of thing um I really love that so Lonnie anything else any tips you can give them um that they need to know or
5: yeah um make your dreams come true just don't dream it put it put a plan in place set goals and see it forward you know whether you want to sell a business or buy a business today, tomorrow, three years from now, there's lots of things I can help with, on on both sides of that, to either prepare you to buy a business or prepare you to better sell your business. Let and this idea. really,
0: it really is the perfect time because such so much is in in flux that you can get in there and get going. You know what I mean? I found that with my own business, it's like what I thought was going to be devastating has been actually like the most creative time I've had to kind of come underneath while everybody up here is going, yeah, you, know, you just slip underneath this thing and you start figuring out ways to do stuff differently. It's been really an interesting, I mean, I'd love to write a book about, you know, the reaction to COVID. It just changed me who I was and um, not mine, but the, the, the cultural reaction gave me space to kind of hide and start finding ways to do things differently. And I think it's been great.
5: Yeah. Um, it's, there's some unique things going on. It's a good time to buy a business. There's some uh, really good established businesses that people are just looking to retire, and they're up for grabs. They really
0: are. All right, you guys. So Lonnie Woodruff. There's the, the there's the way you get to his email, and you get just go there and you can find the email on that page, and uh, get a hold of him and just go have coffee and uh, find out what's out there for you. Lonnie, thank yeah. you for your support on my just for my business. We appreciate having you on here. Big have a nice show have a nice Christmas man yeah likewise, likewise. all right everybody else I, I will see you next month <laughs> yes. all right that's Lonnie Woodruff um good guy cares about people cares about the community and um has found his niche uh the thing he was supposed to do I think that's the thing maybe that you'll learn from all of this you know when if if you don't explore who's gonna do it you know if you don't have a if you just sit around and talk about what I should have done, I mean, how many people on their deathbed are going, well, I'm sure glad I stuck with the same job for 40 years. You know I mean? I think people, you, you have to experience other things. If you're happy, great. But if you're sitting there and going, I don't like going to work every day, you need to make a change. And here's a perfect opportunity to, to, to make a change. Um, if you have, okay, that's the hazmat might be just a little office too much. Helping people is what the community is all about. And here's this, Below my home. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. Um, again, Bill London will be back next week. Or no, he won't, because we're both off next week. So we will have shows every day this week. Oh, on on Friday or Thursday, we're gonna do an old Christmas special that I did like in twenty thirteen or fifteen. I didn't have a beard then, and it's called the strangest reindeer of all, because when I was growing up, Rick Dancer, I got to use, you know, Dasher Dancer, all that stuff. So I went out and did a special and it's all through the eyes of kind of saying, how does Christmas look like Jesus Christ? It doesn't. It's all about buying. So we go looking for Jesus in the people that we meet on the streets. I think you really like it's five o'clock on Thursday and we'll have shows Tuesday and Wednesday, and then I'm going to be in Montana and I'll be back um, the fourth, but we'll be doing some shows from Montana and then at the end of the month of January, I'm going to be moving there, but we'll still be doing this and we will still be uh, doing all of our work in Oregon, but we're just going to show you a little bit more of the world uh, by showing you some Montana. Um, Thank you, Molly. I will have a great Christmas and all of you have a Merry Christmas too. I will see you tomorrow night. Share this on your page because that helps all of my clients that are on here. It helps share those stories and people are tired of watching all the bullshit. They want to see something cool. All right. We'll see you later. Have a good night. Bye-bye.